Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes yes yo from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. I think we're on YouTube. Are we on all the places now? Yep. Yeah! We're on TexasFootball.com and YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. So hi to all of you wherever you're watching us. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Howdy. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Good. Things going okay? Yeah. Yeah. You going. eating? Did your yeah. mom ever did your mom ever like bug you about like whether or not you're eating enough? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cuz like my, my whole family does. And I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not saying that about you personally. I'm saying that I think that's a mom thing. Yeah. It's like every mom like I never you don't got to worry about me putting away the groceries, mm-hmm. but like my mom would be like, "Are you eating enough?" Yeah, Honey. my mom doesn't usually ask because she knows pretty well. I would say more it's like my grandma, my aunts and stuff. Uh, like it's big grandma energy. Yeah, my like, are you my mom enough? knows like I put away food. Yeah, I mean she saw that for eighteen years. Yeah, so she, she saw, knows she's got the receipts. <laughs> yeah, she literally has the receipts from me being a hungry teenager, so she knows. Um, but yeah, my aunts and and grannies and stuff they they like to like because that that was which happy birthday granny by the way hey happy birthday granny throwing that out there um happy birthday granny the yeah I I think that that's a big that's big grandma energy and it was not it didn't help that um my my dad's side of the family is super Irish and so it's Irish grandma whose maiden name was McEwen, (laughs) who, like, whenever we would come over, she would be like, I am extremely concerned that you are going to starve to death in my house. House, yep. (laughs) Like, like, I'm just like, I don't know. You need to eat. Like, it was more order than it was suggestion. Well, my granny had 13 siblings, and there were only, there were 10 boys and three girls, and her, 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 my great-grandmother passed away when she was pretty young, so she used to make all the food for Mm -hmm. all the boys, so she has been used to making it just 
buttloads of food for her entire life. And so, yeah, we never went short of food in Granny's house. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big factor I, there. But, but the thing – here's the funny thing is that, like – and I probably will talk about football in a moment. But, <laughs> but my dad got it from his mom uh-huh. of, like, we come over and he's like – you got to eat. Like, yeah. What's what's wrong with you? Why? Like, if you are not eating in his house, it's almost disrespectful. It's like it seems it's like, like. Are you feeling okay? Hey, like, yep. is do I need to call an ambulance or yeah. something like that? <laughs> anyway, today is Thursday, February fifteenth, twenty twenty one. Two hundred seventy three. February twenty fifth. February twenty fifth. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Ten days behind their two. Oh no. Today is Thursday, February 25th, 2021. <laughs> 273 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 1115. That's where it came from. There we go. 1115. <laughs> this is the number of batters faced by Tim Crabtree in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. On today's show, my friends, we are going to do our college hot sinks college coaches <laughs> hot seat ratings we're coming off the rails here looking, off, looking at the 12 fps coaches in the state of texas where do they sit as far as the hot seat is concerned how safe are their jobs we will measure that out discuss that and the back half of the show is big guest thursday we got a big guest we got panhandle we got panhandle like royalty yeah Eric Mims, the new head coach of the Amarillo Palo Duro Dons, who, of course, uh, is coming from being the offense coordinator, very successful offense coordinator at Duncanville, is going home to his alma mater. Uh, we talked with Eric Mims earlier today, had a great conversation. This guy, I, I really can't stress enough that, like, there's guys who go and coach their alma maters, and then there's guys like Eric Mims who went to elementary school down the street from Palo Duro High. Yeah. Like, he is true blue PD country and it is super cool and this is his first head coaching job and you can tell how excited he is That's about that awesome. so uh, we talked with coach Eric Memphis coming up here at the back half of the program do a first four through the door we sure do it was Rob Hadaway Ryan Smiga uh, Aaron Flynn and Tony Blaylock welcome in fellas also I just want to say I don't think I've ever given my opinion on much like mascot stuff but I think the Paladero Dons have a fantastic oh, it's mascot choice. like it's really cool. that's that's got to be in my top 10 and I've never the... given my top 10 but I think that's in it well tomorrow's fun fun of uh, oh, yeah, topic Friday they were doing Pickles Top 10 Mascots. I know I already did mine in, in, in episode 1000. Yeah. That was 115 episodes ago. Oh, my God. What am I doing in my life? All right. <laughs> Pickle, it's the off season, And there's uh, – we. I think we've, we've pretty much stopped with the coaching carousel in college football. Barring yeah. something unforeseen, of course, we've seen that happen. We've seen that happen in the state of Texas in this decade. But barring uh, something unforeseen – it is pretty clear that we will have the 12 that we know the 12 FBS coaches in the state of Texas going into 2020 2021 I should say uh, I believe there was only do I have this right there's only one change Sark Steve Sarkeesian yeah the because there's change. a bunch of them on their second year yeah Dave Aranda yeah. Jeff trailer yeah a lot of them are in their second year but this is there's only one new coach yeah Steve Sarkeesian at Texas obviously it's pretty notable but uh, I would say that, uh, you know, everybody likes to talk about, I don't know how comfortable I ever feel about people talking about people losing their jobs. It doesn't feel like fun, but, yeah. uh, but it's something that I think is worth, worth 
you know, taking into the tapestry of what I, don't, I, hope, I think it's worth talking hope. about. I don't think it's worth celebrating. I think I think that's a good way to put it. It's, it's I don't like when people. Celebrate it's something it. worth acknowledging, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's like oh they gotta get this like, guy out of here. They are humans too. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> to worth some rec- level. But I think it's I do think it's worth recognizing that there are circumstances mm-hmm. that are going to make some coaches 2021 season a lot more important than others. For example, and I'm going to spoil part of it here, but uh, uh, uh. (laughs) if Jeff Trailer were to go 0-12 at UTSA next year, I don't think Jeff Trailer's going to go 0-12 UTSA, but if he were to go 0-12 at UTSA, still probably okay. Yeah, I don't think think he's going anywhere. Okay, but there are other guys that if they were to have a poor season, they could get fired in the middle of the season. (laughs) They could lose their job. So we're going to take a look at the 12 FBS coaches in the state of Texas, give a little bit of the, the coaching hot seat rankings, and Pickle... Made a graphic. I did. Good job, Pickle. We had to cut it in the two. So we're going to start. We're going to go from the, the safest to the most in danger. And so we've got, a, I think, broke down into five different categories. Mm-hmm. We're going to start it with the ice cold. Very cold seat. I think there are four coaches who are 100% safe for 2021, 2020, or for, to coach the same team in 2022. Of course, that is barring them. You know, scandal that's barring them taking another job, et cetera, et cetera. This is just on the field results. This is on the field results. I think Jimbo Fisher at A&M is pretty darn safe. Yep. Uh, part of it is that he signed that guaranteed contract. Part of it is that <laughs> A&M's cooking. Part of it is all these things. I think Jimbo Fisher could go 0-12, and he would. I think that there would be people who would cock an eyebrow in college station. College say, station might set on what's fire. What's going on? But... <laughs> but I don't think Jimbo Fisher is going anywhere. Steve Sarkeesian, I would also put it cold. Uh, yeah. I, I just don't think that uh, it, it would take a really, really unforeseen circumstance for them to cut bait with a coach that they just paid five plus million dollars after one year. Yeah, I just that just doesn't happen. Sonny Dykes, I think, is 100% safe at SMU. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he's done there, I think, is is very impressive. Even though we had him on the show and he was like, ah, it could have been better. I think most SMU fans and I think the SMU kind of brain trust is pretty darn pleased with having Sonny Dykes there. Especially with the recruits he's bringing in, too. Yes. The same goes for Jeff Trailer at UTSA. Uh, I think he's 100% safe. I think part of it is that he's in his second year and the first year was so good and the recruiting's picking up. Everything's pointing in the right direction for Jeff Trailer. Mm-hmm. I just don't see something going cataclysmically wrong that would cause them to be like, we have to get rid of Jeff Trailer. So I think that Jeff Trailer is pretty darn safe. So then then we go to cool, and I'm going to be honest, both of these guys I think are also a lot closer to cold than they are to, like, room temperature, mm-hmm. which is the next one. Uh, but I got two there. Dave Aranda uh, at Baylor. He's entering his second year. I think it's fair to say that his first year was not good. No. But I, I just don't see them, like, look – this is, cool means that if they go 0 and 12, then maybe that's kind of where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. If Baylor goes 0 and 12, Baylor might look around and be like, "Oh, is Dave Aranda the right guy?" I would be pretty shocked by it. But there's that. The other side of that is Gary Patterson, who of, of course is the second longest tenured college football coach in America, only behind Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. Uh, Gary Patterson ain't going anywhere. No. Uh, I think the 2020 season for them was middling, if a little bit disappointing. Um, but I don't think he's going anywhere. If they were to go 0 and 12, maybe there would be some people who say, "Oh, has Coach Patterson lost his edge? Is it time to, right. to move on?" 
I don't see it happening. I think you could really lump all six of these guys into, like, almost certainly not. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say that Aranda and Patterson are maybe a half step above the other four who I think are 100% safe. I think right. these guys are, like, 99% safe. Yeah, I know? don't think Gary's going anywhere until uh, Gary decides that Gary's think, going somewhere. I think that's the case, too, <laughs> but figured I would differentiate. Right. Okay. So then we go – so that's half the coaches. Here's the other half. Let's go with room temperature. Room temperature. Uh, I think Mike Bloomgren, our buddy, uh, mm -hmm. Mike Bloomgren, I think he's in an okay spot. I really do. I think that they are – I think that they're building something there at Rice. I think that they're pointing in the right direction. I think that they are go that things are going well. Now, if things were to reverse course and they were to really take a huge step back this year – there are circumstances in which it's to not totally outside the realm of possibility that he would lose his job mm -hmm. because this is the third year for him, right? Yeah. Uh, the, generally speaking, if you're within your third year in your third Three years year. is always yeah. This, the Yeah, I would say, and, and, and so as a result, I just don't think that, I think Mike Bloomgren is almost certainly safe, mm -hmm. but there are some circumstances in which that like you could say, oh, well, he's been there for three years. Mm -hmm. he ha we haven't seen the, the progression that we want. We have the – it would give the powers that be the the permission structure to fire him. I don't think that's going to happen. He needs the hooting to intensify. Correct. He needs much more hooting. <laughs> Jake Spavital at Texas State is in a similar situation. I think that they are going to be – I think that I think that the, that the Texas State uh, Brain Trust is on board with what Spav is doing. But the results have not been there. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. The results have not been there. He's now entering that all-important third season there at Texas State. And I think that it would probably behoove him to show some progress. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I think that they believe in what he's going to be, what he's doing there. But I do think that Jake Spavital is a guy to keep an eye on him in that room temperature situation. And it seems like this is a bit, with a lot of his seniors coming back and taking that COVID grant year, mm -hmm. this is one of those where he's got to, you got to take advantage of that. You can't be yes. given a present like that and not use it. Totally agree. So then we get to the warm seat. And I think there's two guys who I put on the warm seat. Mm -hmm. One of them's Matt Wells at Texas Tech. I almost put him on the hot seat, but I also don't think that, that that's necessarily the case. He's entering year three. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say that they have not had the results on the field that they were wanting to so far. If they have another bad year, if they have a year worse than this past year, I think there's a real argument. I think there's a real chance that they fire Matt Wells. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be three years. They haven't made progress. The recruiting has been okay, but not spectacular. Yeah. Uh, that would be something that I would say Matt Wells is on the warm seat. Dana Holgerson, I think, is the same way. Dana Holgerson's in it. We talked at length about that. He's had two super weird years at at uh, at Houston. Two yeah. super weird years. 2019, he goes out there. Uh, Derek King redshirts in the middle of the season. They decide to leave him. Blah blah blah. They they kind of do this weird thing where they I don't want to say they tank, but like things br fall apart for them. And so then they go into 2020. 2020, I probably don't have to tell you, things are super weird. Right. They have a ton of games canceled, a ton of things going on, but on the on the field results were not good. They were, you know, uh, Sean J. Raja has a piece up on TexasFootball.com about this. They were irrelevant in mm -hmm. 2020. I think that he needs to show some progress. The reason I look at Dana Holgerson and say maybe there's a little bit of danger there, they're paying him a good amount of money. 
Oh, yeah. And and Houston has made it very well known where their expectations are. And I think it's also fair to say that he has not met those expectations through through the first two years. If they have a bad year, if they take a step back, I could see Houston cutting bait with Daniel Holgerson. And I think it's another one of those things. If you have a third year where the head coach just doesn't really have like a structure to the yeah. program, it's like – Okay, something is – there's a major disconnect here that's a lot worse than just not being prepared on the field. Like, he's got to build some kind of identity for those athletes. I agree. So then we got two guys that I think are on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. One of them is kind of amazing to think about, but Seth Luttrell. Yeah. Think back three years ago. Think back where we were heading into the 2019 season. So really, two years ago. Yep. They were coming off of their second consecutive 9-1 season – uh, things were very clearly looking great. Mm-hmm. I think it's also fair to say the last two years have been not good. Yep. And I think a third consecutive disappointing season could be the end of um, could be the end of Seth Luttrell's tenure in Denton. Yep. I, I, I think I think it I think we're getting to that point where um, he's got to show some he's got to sh- uh, show some progress and prove that. They, this is a program that is a lot more like 2017 and 2018 than mm-hmm. they were like 2019 and 2020. Oh yeah, he was the he was the hot young coach on oh, yeah. the rise. You I know, thought he was going to leave. He he got an offer from Kansas State and yeah. turned it down because he wasn't able to bring him, his staff with him, and that. And now you that's just you feel bad for things like that because you look back and think man did i miss my shot maybe, there maybe you know? but i mean he, we also know how talented he is and he can bounce he is, that back in a yeah. big way. and then there's one more and it's dana dimmel at utep and this is so hard so dana so so i think we've we've talked at length on this program about this that utep is a uniquely tough situation to win in mm-hmm. and i think that that's why there were a number of people who were like, after three years, they're like, they're going to get rid of Demel. They're going to get rid of Demel. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, they wanted to make sure they gave him four years. Well, right. this is year four. Right now, in four seas- in three seasons, he has won five games. Now, look, they were better this past year. Mm-hmm. Went three and five. Yeah. That's uh, it's it's crazy to say as a step in the right direction. But when the past two the two years before that were one and eleven, mm-hmm. you take progress where you can get it. I think 2021's got to be a good year for UTEP. I think it's got to be at best, or at worst, no worse than last year. Yeah. And they've got to show that that the trains are on the tracks here, or else I do think that it may come time for Dana Dimmel uh, to go. I mean, they gave Sean Coogler, I think they gave Sean Coogler, they fired him in the middle of 2017, they gave him five seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, UTEP does tend... To, but they only gave Gary Nord four seasons, right? Um, UTEP does, I, like their history has shown that they do want to stick with guys through fu- through a full recruiting cycle, which mm-hmm. would be four years. Well, this is the big year. I think this is the really, really, really important year for UTEP, and I think Dana Dimmel's got to show something um, uh, you know, in order to keep his job. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I, your, your mileage may vary. That's what I think is the hot seat rankings heading into 2021. Uh, we will see... Uh, what happens there. But anyway, there's that. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State.
Pickle, it's Big Guest Thursday. We've got sure a very, is. very, very big guest this week. Uh, earlier today, I had an opportunity to talk with the new head coach of the Amarillo Palo Duro Dons, Coach Eric Mims. Here's my conversation with the new head Don, Eric Mims, on Texas Football Today. We're spending the offseason getting some big-name guests on the show, and uh, we can't pass up an opportunity to talk to uh, let's just say a celebrity out there in the panhandle to uh, we go to Amarillo to talk with the head coach, the new head coach, the Amarillo Paladero Dons. It's coach Eric Mims. Coach, how are you? I'm doing better than I deserve. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing excellent. First and foremost, uh, congrats on the gig for, for folks who don't know your ties to Amarillo and the Paladero community run run so deep. I know it means a lot to you to, to get the job. I'm, I'm interested uh, when you found out that you were getting the job, uh, what, what was your reaction? Um, man, you know, it, it, everything happened so fast. We, we were still playing. We were, we were playing uh, South Lake mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the week that all of this started taking place and um, ended up losing to South Lake. And so uh, I really kind of got serious about this process after that. And, uh, you know, my family and I, we, we were excited about the opportunity. Um, it, it, it's an exciting deal. It's an exciting time. Uh, you know, head coaching jobs are hard to come by. You can have great resumes and done a lot of good things. And, uh, you know, there's jobs I've applied for and didn't even get interviewed. So um, for, to, to, to be selected, um, it's an honor and a privilege. And, uh, man, I was just, just excited and, and knew that this was a uh, purpose that God had for me. And, um where it, where it needed me to be at this time. Well, and and of course, you know, it's, it, we mentioned your your deep ties. You you went to Paladero High School. You went to elementary school down the street. I mean, this is this uh, this is this is your town. This is your part of part. You, this is where you grew up. Uh, what has been the reaction from the community uh, that that you've uh, since since you've arrived back? Because uh, you know, sometimes you hear coaches say it's it's hard to go home again. But uh, but I'm interested. You know, what's been the reaction to the, from the community uh, since you've arrived back home? Oh man, nothing but love. Mm -hmm. uh, um, everywhere I go, I see somebody I know, and uh, it, it, it's always a welcome home. We're glad to have you back. Um, we got you back. We support you. We're excited to have you. Uh, so, man, it, it, it's been good. Um, whether I'm in the grocery store at a basketball game, uh, wherever I'm at, man, um, I'm seeing guys that I that I grew up with. I'm seeing guys a little older, a little younger. Uh, and, and they're all excited for me, excited for me for the opportunity uh, that I've been afforded. And, um, and you know, those guys got my back and, and, and they're supporting me and they, they want to see us do well over here at PD. Uh, we're talking with Eric Mims, the new head coach of Paladero here at Texas Football. Today, get involved in the conversation, the hashtag TF Today. Coach, uh, you are um, uh, taking over a program that, um, you know, let's be honest, it's in need of a jolt. You know, it's, it's uh, been a couple of, couple of rough years recently. Uh, when you first addressed your team as the head coach, what was your message to them? Um, when, when I first addressed those guys, I, I let them know that my vision was to uh, make PD a winner again. And, and I let those guys know that I didn't have any magic fairy dust or any special anointing oil that I was just going to come in and touch everybody with and we were going to turn into winners. I let them know it's going to be a whole, a lot of hard work and, uh, We've got to get in the weight room. We've got to get bigger, faster, and stronger. We've got to start looking like the, the good teams uh, body-wise. And we've got to start thinking like the good teams mentally. 
and we've got to start executing like them. So uh, we're playing catch up. There's there's programs that are that are years ahead of where we are, and uh, they're doing things on exceptional levels. And um, that that's our that's our plan and that's our goal. And, you know, I, I I I told our kids that this is a similar situation for me when we when we went to Duncanville, Cedar Hill and DeSoto were a big dog, and um, people thought Coach Sample was was crazy for going to a Duncanville and. They said that uh, all three couldn't be powerhouses and that Duncanville wouldn't be. And um, so uh, it's a similar situation with Amber Lehigh and Taz Coast. Um, right now, those guys are, are, are far superior than us. And uh, that's what we've got to do. We've got to come in and change the tide and have, uh, have, have a change of guard, just like we did at Duncanville. And uh, I know it's possible. Uh, you mentioned Coach Samples. Uh, you were, of course, their offensive coordinator for Duncanville the past couple of years. You 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 were uh, you know, with him at Skyline before that. And um, obviously, I, I think Reginald Samples is a guy who needs no introduction in Texas high school football realms. Um, this is your first head coaching job. What did you learn from Coach Samples that you're going to carry with you into what, what you do at that PD? Man. <laughs> I could write books and books and books on what I learned. He's the godfather of Dallas football. Um, you know, everything from organization to structure to how to compete, how to, how to, how to uh, motivate young men, um, how to organize uh, winning programs, how the, the blueprint really, man, of uh, just what, what, what it looks like going from, a two and eight team in the next year being 11 and three. And, uh, you know, being around Coach Samples, he, he just has this presence about him uh, of what winning is and, and what hard work is and what it takes to compete at that, that the highest level. And um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just fortunate that I was with him for nine years and uh, able to take a lot of those processes and um, be able to, to replicate them here and, um, get these young men playing at the level that, that we had guys at Duncanville playing at. Uh, I, I know you've been asked this before, but I'm, I'm very interested in, in asking you, you are, uh, I mean, let's be honest, blackhead football coaches in Amarillo have been hard to come by. Um, yeah. And, and you are the first blackhead coach at Palo Duro. Um, I'm interested how you approach that. I'm, I'm interested in, 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 in how that shapes uh, the, the way you do business, is that something that is, is important? Is it something that, that's special to you? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, uh, you know, we, we're, we're in 2021 and a lot of conversations about race, we, we really shouldn't even have to have in that. And, and so it's still kind of uh, quite funny to me sometimes that uh, 2021, we're still having the first black this, the first black that, the first black, and you're going, it's 2021. Um, so <laughs> When, 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 when you look at the, let me see how I want to say this. When I look at how important this is, not just for me, but for my community, you know, there, when people are given opportunities, um, you don't carry an opportunity just for yourself, you carry it for the community. And so um, what I know is that I've got to do a great job uh, on the field, off the field, in the community, or the next guy may not get a shot. But next Eric Mims, I can mess it up for everybody. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's huge, and I'm excited about um, the opportunity, and I, I've just got to do a great job being professional. I've uh, got to do a great job of leading young men 
Um, I've got to do a great job of, of uh, competing on the field. And, um, you know, that, that, that's one of my goals is to help other young men like Eric Mills become the next head coach uh, in Panhandle, the Metroplex, wherever opportunities afford themselves. So, yeah, it, it, it's pretty cool. Um, but race aside, I just think that uh, we've got to get the, the right people for jobs. And, you know, you still look at situations like Eric Bieniemy and you go, wow, I can't even get a job. Doesn't even get interviewed sometimes. So I've been there. I've, I've sat in that chair where I've applied for, for jobs in the Metroplex and then get interviews and go, well, we've been to back-to-back state championships and, and uh, these guys won't even give me a call. And, and those districts were, the, the district was, um, predominantly uh, a white district, but, uh, you know, I, I just felt that um, my resume spoke for itself, uh, being able to work with young men, regardless of their, their color, their race, their nationality, their upbringing. Um, I'm here to work with, with young men. Um, and we have a, a good portion of black young men. We have Hispanic young men here at uh, Paladero. We've got some uh, white kids also here at Paladero. And so it, it's, it's a great mixing pot of, uh, of America here at PD. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a great privilege to be the first black coach. Um, I just want to do a great job. Well, we're excited to see what you do. And, and you know, Coach, one thing I, I got to ask is, is, you know, you got the, you got, you're there back at PD. You're a 2000 graduate of the Dons. And, and, and you know, you were a star there for, for, for Paladero. In your playing days, you went off, you played at Eastern New Mexico. Um, you're in pretty good shape. I guess my question is, when we're getting practices going out there, are you going to be out there running with them? Are we going to be out there? Are, uh, are you going to be out there I'm running, not, running these drills as well? I'm a few things. I don't know if I was ever a start. I know I'm not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're not going to catch Coach Bill doing much running. I'm 38 and feeling great, but uh, the, 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 I'm going to lead a running to the younger guys. I've got I, I've got a couple of younger coaches, and and when we're doing some uh, examples of some weight stuff in the weight room, you know, those first couple of days I, I was I was giving the examples, and then I looked around and said, man, these guys are younger than me. I'm gonna let these guys uh, be, be the example. And I remember being the young coach who who was full of energy and out there racing kids and and, and, and playing with those guys. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that to, to to the younger coaches and. Uh, I'm going to just try to get these kids where they can play on an exceptional level. Coach, to follow up on a question that I had earlier, that sounds like something you learned from Coach Samples, too. Because if there's one thing I know about the, 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 what, what Coach Samples was always very good about is, like, I'm going to be over here and I'm going to make sure the way he ran practice, like, I'm going to make sure everything's running smoothly. But you guys, you guys run around. You guys do the running, not me. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that's, that's Coach Samples. <laughs> he's Eric Mims. He's the new head coach of the Palo Duro Dons. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the new gig. Can't wait to see what you guys do up there at PD. Oh, man, I'm excited. My, my kids have been working hard. The coaches have been working hard. And so um, we want to shock some people this year. That's the plan. There he is, Eric Mims, the new head coach of the Amarillo Palo Duro Dons. Very cool. Uh, to see him back home his dad's in like the hall of honor his mom was like a star out there i mean that that family That's has so cool. deep 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 roots not not just in amarillo but in like that neighborhood yeah and so it's just like it's super cool for him to go home and and, and obviously uh really exciting for him excited to see what they do and we'll talk about this on monday when we do headlines but um 
after he 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 told me after the after we stopped recording, he was like, oh, I want to give a shout out to my buddy DJ Mann. If you didn't hear DJ Mann, the quarterback coach and recruiting coordinator for Cedar Hill is going to go be the head coach at Lubbock Coronado, which is his alma mater. Mm-hmm. That is their first district game. No is, kidding. Is Eric Mibbs <laughs> versus DJ Mann? Uh, oh, Lubbock Coronado cool Amarillo Paladero. He mentioned that to me, and so that'll be that'll be fun. Those are those are two buddies who who know each other really well. So that'll be uh, that'll be really fun to see. So congratulations to to both Coach Mims and to, to uh, Coach Mann on their new gigs at their alma maters. Very cool. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, apparently something was up with the Facebook comments today. They weren't refreshing for literally anyone, so we don't have any extra comments today. Um, well, let's check Twitch. Let's see if anybody commented on Twitch. Hold on. I've looked at Twitch and uh, YouTube, and there's yeah. n- there's no comments wow. in there. Wow. Okay. Pickle. So don't say the quiet part out loud. <laughs> it's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/DaveCampbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash/DaveCampbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Eric Mims, the new head coach at Amarillo Paladero, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Ashley Pickle's Top 10 Texas High School Football Mascots and Mailback Friday presented by our friends at North Texas Honda Dealers. You're on Texas Football Friday.